The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Yeah, we have black bears here, and I always worry when I leave the barn on foot late at night because we're right on the edge of the woods, and people see bears yeah. all the time in this area. You got a bad oh, hip right bear. now. That bear will run you down in a second. Was that cocaine bear? Nope, that wasn't. That was the great outdoors. That was the great outdoors right there. That was the famous oh, scene oh. of uh, John Candy being stuck underneath the door, right? And they blow the hair. Well, he already has the hair blown off his head, and then he gets the hair blown off the other side of his body, right? That's the uh, famous spot there, right? <laughs> I, I haven't seen that film. I've You've never see seen one. the great outdoors? I'm shocked by that. I really am. You would like that. I think you need to put that on. It's a classic. It, 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 for the most part, holds through the test of time. It does. It's Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. I suggest it. I think you need to do it down in the barn. You know, when you're thinking about bears, go watch The Great Outdoors. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> I was thinking about things other than bears last night. We had an exciting and unprecedented evening. It all began... Around 8.39 o'clock, power outage. The entire hill went dark. We always just look out the windows and confirm when the power was out. So it is out. Thunderstorm or just random no. thing? Wow, okay. Right. Gust of wind. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But the neighborhood's below us, black. And there's always lights on somewhere because people have generator or people have solar lights or whatever. But we confirmed that it, it was an incident where the power was out. And we have a generator. Generator, which I didn't realize when we moved in here nearly nine years ago to the day. It's like a car engine in a big metal box that needs to be properly maintained. Yes. You get it looked at once right. a year. And they yeah. have to like change the oil right. on, on the, the generator. So the generator had been working fine. Keywords had and been. 
because immediately last night, and I should have realized it, I didn't know enough, I now do, about the inconsistencies and the idiosyncrasies of a generator. There were some outside lights that were flickering a little bit. Okay, fine, that happens. A little flickering of the lights never hurt anybody. So I went down to the barn because I was determined to go down to the barn and have a cigar last night. The generator does not power the barn. So I, you know, I'll go down and light some candles and old school like they did in the pioneer days, right? Work by candlelight. And I had my laptop fully charged, so I had that going for me. So I like there the I look. was last night. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was nice. Took a couple new candles down to provide a little extra illumination. And I was having a good old time and playing some music from my phone because the system in the barn was out. And... We don't, I got the, we don't have the call. picture of you and Winston Churchill there. There we go. That's what I wanted to see it's, right there. Damn, yeah. look at you hanging out with high society right there. Man, our people at like Sky, uh, Sky Sports are going to love that right there. Like a seance last night. And <laughs> apparently the spirits that were mustered attacked the house. So I got a call from my son that I have a video game, an old school retro 3,000 plus game unit in our basement up at the house. And he said, that video game that you bought is doing something weird. It smells funny. Something's wrong. You need to come up. And I'm like, oh, great. Let's drop everything, drive up, make sure everything's fine. And what happened was, long story bearable, the generator is malfunctioning. The generator, which also I've learned can happen, the generator started throwing power surges to the house and it blew out the surge protector that this game is plugged into to the point where the thing stunk like it was that plastic nasty, burning yeah, plastic melting ele- yeah. right yeah nasty right. nasty and other areas of the house were damaged by the surge protector including one spot where cuz that smell was elsewhere and we have like a utility room where we have all of our technology that's there, and there was one spot where I felt the plug, and it was hot, and I pulled it out, and you could see the burn marks in the outlet wow. from the surge. Yeah. So our furnaces slash air conditioners are offline. They aren't working, so I have to have that guy come out and check everything out. I got a long list. Is it still 80 degrees there right through. now? Is it like – And and it's, it's warm up here. Right. It's warm right. up here. I was, and everything up here was offline. So I had to get that working. And as of 15 minutes ago, it wasn't working. So I'm thinking, well, at least I won't bake up in my studio. Fingers crossed, it stays not working. I was going to be in my wine cellar, whereas my backup spot is located, where or where's, as the case may be. And about five minutes to air, Courtney texted and called to say, hey, we got your shot back up. And I'm thinking, that's great. And then I'm thinking, I'm going to bake for two hours up in the attic above the garage, but I'm just glad. Let me tell you, there it, there was some there were some moments last night where I, I'm thinking we're going to have a fire somewhere because I don't know where all this surge hit, and right. I don't know what else is lurking. There was that smell by our refrigerator. We got this big, giant refrigerator that I don't even know how to get to the cord. Yeah, I don't even know right. where you plug it in. Right. It's this big-ass refrigerator in our kitchen. And I've never had to figure out how to unplug it or figure out whether or not there was a power surge in our refrigerator, but that smell was there too. So I got to have an electrician come out, wow, fix a generator, assess the damage, get our air conditioner slash 
furnace repaired, although the temperature, I think, is going to be moderate over the next week or so. So that was an unexpected adventure last night to the point where I told my wife, she's like, should we leave? And I will, I'm going to stay. But what you should do is pull your car outside, get it out of the garage in the event that we can't get the garage doors up or something crazy like that happens so you can ex- escape if you need to. I'll stay if it gets to that point, but it didn't get to that point. But, right, but good dude. luck sleeping. Good luck sleeping. You can go ahead and tell me I'm tired today because I slept less than two hours. Because I just couldn't about sleep. I was so keyed time. up. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm worried about everything the whole time. Like, right. is something going to happen again? We figured out how to turn off the generator, but it, it was it was very difficult to just shut down completely last night because you know I I told Jill you go to sleep, take the dog back there, don't worry about it. I'll I'll be the man. Wow, look at you, like Mr. Wyatt Earp over there, just holding down the household. I love it. All right, good job. Way to go. All right, good. I'm glad it all worked out because I will say, last night when you were, you know, you talked about yesterday how you were going to go in the barn and do all that. I think you did yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. Mrs. Sims, let me just tell you, my wife, Danielle, she thought you were setting it up to not go do the show today. She was like, oh, he's not going to do the show today. He wants to have a good night in the barn and have fun. He's not going to do the show. So, you know, my 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 wife, uh, unfortunately, Mike, her pasta and meatballs and her Italian stomach told her she was wrong. She was wrong. You're here. I said, you don't usually miss days. I don't think he would set it up like that. That's not going to happen. First of all, don't usually should be revised as never (laughs) miss days. You're right. And so wait. Her theory was, I just yeah. want to make sure I understand Yeah, this. get it. Right. She thought that I was using the power outage right. it was like, as a right. preemptive, oh, sorry, I have no power at my house. Right, right. That what right, and you're going to be in the was. barn, and you want to have a drink, and you have a cigar, and you're like, you. that that was like, okay, guy, I can't do work tomorrow. Okay, I'm just going to have a good night here. That, that's what she was calling early on. I was like, I don't know. That's not Mike. Mike is, you know, kind of nose days off, and... I said, this is his show. So, you know, I, I've never seen him not want to be a part of it or say, let's go do it. Uh, but here you are. You proved her wrong. Way to go. And I'm glad everything's good well, in the house because that is scary. She doesn't realize that I drink and have a cigar in moderation and I do it two, three times a week. Right. When I right. go down to the barn. Right. And it also tells me she's accustomed to somebody that she lives with right. who, when it's time to have a drink, and have a cigar, a.k.a. Yeah. Daddy cigar, right. which still makes no sense because the <laughs> tobacco cigar still isn't for kids. Right. She's used to somebody getting obliterated to the point where he can't function the next day. That, That's that, what that tells that, me. That, you're, you're, you're spot on. Your lawyer skills would tell you that. I, too, do not drink often, but, you know, on the weekends I do. And, yeah, I usually uh, get a little more than I, – I, I don't watch myself, let's just say. If I've had two good drinks and I go, mm, I think I want a third one, I don't go, well, it's Friday night. Let me pull back a little. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm kind of like, oh, blah, 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 and I pour another one. That's what I do. <laughs> I do drink in moderation most days, and I justify it by saying I never get drunk. I don't have more than two or three drinks, and and I went a long time not drinking at all, so my liver – is good. Even though I'm soon to be 58, my liver is much younger than that. It's taken far less shrapnel over the years than I'm giving it now. And the pandemic, I think, 
at least for yeah. me and maybe for many others, changed their drinking habits. It's Agreed. probably been very good. The last three years have probably been very good for the alcohol industry generally. Definitely. So uh, anyway, anyway, I did. I will say this. Once I got the all clear last night, once the house didn't burn down, once we didn't have to flee like the family in the original Poltergeist movie, I did go outside. I brought up my cigar from the barn that I had just lit before the fire drill almost literally began. I knocked off the ash, lit it, sat outside with a drink, and just decompressed because it was an adventure last night. The Hawks maybe were the harbinger of what was coming for me last night. Between the Hawk Talk two days ago, the sighting of the Hawk Nest in my front yard, and Matt Casey having the Hawk show up on his stoop and stay there until Atlanta Control came and got it yesterday broken wing. His wing was broken. Right. I think the Hawk was a harbinger of doom, <laughs> although doom was averted. And we are here, and it's Thursday. It's Chris's Friday. Yeah, baby. Chris will be going to his barn and getting obliterated tonight. Yeah, baby. And Danielle will know that he'll be <laughs> worthless tomorrow. Any <laughs> exactly. list of things that she has for you to do can wait until <laughs> Saturday because Chris is going to have half a bottle of 1942 and multiple <laughs> pre-rolled uh, cigars yes. slash cigarettes of the finest quality you that know it. buy legally in Connecticut or elsewhere. Okay, uh, this is PFT Live, Peacock Series XM 85. Had to stop and think what channel we're on. I think it's still 85. Sky Sports Action and wherever you get your podcasts. So we're three weeks away from the draft, and we are approaching pre-draft press conference season. I don't know that they're required by the league but most teams will do them, where they trot out the GM and or the coach to talk about what they're not going to do at the draft because who is ever going to be candid? It's 32 or less opportunities for people in positions of authority in the NFL to say absolutely nothing or as little as possible about their draft plans. And we saw that yesterday when the Ravens had their – pre-draft press conference and they wanted to make it very clear they only want to talk about the draft not about anybody they may have drafted five years ago at the bottom of round one who continues to be unsigned as a franchise tag player here's gm eric DaCosta not wanting to answer any questions about lamar jackson i understand the need to ask those kind of questions uh i think just out of respect for the process this is a draft luncheon And we're going to try to keep uh, as much of this discussion as we can to the draft, to the coming weeks, building the best football team we can build. Uh, So I understand those questions. I think we've spoken about this situation probably five different times this spring in various different press conferences and such. So we're going to try to just kind of defer to those questions and move forward to the draft. Okay, that's fine. Now, there was more at some point. Their PR guy, Chad Steele, had to step in and tell the reporters to stop, stop talking about Lamar Jackson. And I look at it this way. Welcome all the Lamar Jackson questions. Just give the same answers you've already given. Every Lamar Jackson question they ask is one less question that they'll ask you that may get you to inadvertently say something that undermines your strategic position in the draft. They should want to ask Lamar Jackson questions the whole time. They should prefer that. We'll keep saying the same shit we've been saying for the last three months about Lamar Jackson if you want to take up your time and our time talking about things we've already discussed. That's one last question we have to answer that we'd maybe rather not answer. 
Sure. That we'd maybe not rather have to tap dance around. Sure. And yeah. and also it cre- it creates a look that they're rattled by all of this. Right. That they're at their wits end with this. That they're afraid to say anything more about Lamar Jackson. I think because so. Because maybe yeah. something's changed in the last week and a half. Right. I mean, John Harbaugh just had to answer questions about Lamar Jackson asking to be traded in real time because he dropped on Twitter the news that he had asked to be traded just as Harbaugh was getting ready to talk to reporters last week. So it makes me wonder what the hell has happened in the last week and a half that made the Ravens all of a sudden not want to say anything about Lamar because they should have welcomed the distraction from having to talk about their draft plans. That was my reaction after not sleeping on it last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you don't look that tired. I will say that. You've, 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 been, you've had worse, or you've looked worse. So I'll, I'll give you, you that. Way to go. Thanks. No problem. Hey, no problem. I'm here for you, buddy. Um, I think they are scared. I think you're right. They're still tiptoeing around this situation. They know. I think they know Lamar's hanging on to every word that, they, that comes out of their mouth. I mean, damn. Lamar, he's hanging on to the, the words out of a lot of people's mouth if you pay attention to social media. So, yeah, I'm sure they are a little scared about what they might say or how it could be perceived. I get that. I just want to, you know, my, my general thought was just, well, what did you think was going to happen when you had a press conference, right? Even if it's a draft press conference, that's great. The draft is still going to be predicated on what happens to Lamar Jackson in a lot of ways. So, that's where I just want to go, what would you think was going to happen there? And, yes, when they're there, yeah, just take the questions and diffuse the issue as best you can. But, yeah, I do think it speaks to rattled. They're not sure what they're going to do. You know, the what he did to John Harbaugh last week, I'm sure that was a little bit of a, a shot across the bow there a little. So I, I can understand them being uneasy, but I also don't understand what they expected in having that press conference and not thinking that that wasn't going to be the number one main topic uh, that everybody wanted to hear about. Yeah, and, and you just wonder what happened. What has transpired? What are they hiding by not wanting to answer those questions? Because, again, they should welcome the distraction to questions about their draft planning. What if they're being truthful, if they were asked a specific question yeah. at a specific time, what is it that they wanted to avoid having to say? That's what I'm very curious about. Has there been something, anything, some development, some further communication between them and Lamar Jackson that they know Lamar Jackson is monitoring to see if they say anything about it? Oh, yeah. Or maybe he wants them to say something about it. Maybe there's a reporter that had a question that he or she was going to ask, knowing that if I press this button, it's going to lead to something that changes the dynamics or causes some revelation. I don't know. The mind wanders when you get in a situation like this because the obvious response is, what are they trying to hide by trying to get people to not ask these questions? That's human nature. Why don't you want me to ask that question? Wait wait a minute. Why don't you want me to have you talk about something you've talked about at length. Why do you why do you not welcome the opportunity to say things you've already said, to say nothing about the things you'd rather not talk about? So it, it's going to be curious to see yeah, how this plays is. out. And I, right. I still think we're at the point, Chris, where nothing happens between now and the draft. I think we wait to see if the Colts get a quarterback at four, the Raiders at seven, although I don't know that the Raiders would make a play for Lamar Jackson, but any of the teams that we know about and believe they're looking at quarterbacks 
or that we don't know about that may be lurking to try to trade up, for example, for an Anthony Richardson? If they can't do that, do they pivot after the draft to exploring the possibility of going after Lamar Jackson. I think anything that happens is going to happen after the draft. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably correct. You know, I still think in my heart of hearts that I still expect him and the Baltimore Ravens to somehow make something happen here just because, one, I don't have faith that Lamar and his camp can make anything happen with anybody. And I still think Baltimore is the best place for him, especially evaluating the situation. But, yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, there, this is not going to be something – um, that happens overnight. Now, I mean, what what's curious about the whole situation and why, you know, you're having the draft press conference is, you know, yeah, you want to ask those questions about Lamar Jackson because you want to, like, get a gauge where, wait, how comfortable are you with the Lamar Jackson situation? Are you on the radar for drafting a quarterback, right? If one falls to you at 22, is it so far down the road of, like, wait, it's not going to work out between Lamar and Baltimore that maybe you got to think about trading up. You know, I mean, I think those were, would be fair questions that I would wonder, you know, if I was in the, in the stands at that uh, pre-draft press conference like that. And, and then, Mike, too, added to that, like, how, how could the whole organization not be rattled by this whole thing? I mean, like you've said it many times. We've never seen anything like this. A guy in his prime who's, you know, one of the five, six, seven best quarterbacks in football – and we have an issue here with the organization and he wants an amount of money that's, you know, crazy and they're offering him an amount of money that's crazy to go along with it. You know, their team is damn good, you know. They, 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 they're, they're a team you look at and go, damn, if Lamar was healthy at the end of the year, are we sure they wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl? I mean, they had the Bengals on the ropes with Tyler Huntley in a big way. And we all, like most people, picked the Bengals to beat the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. So... It's had to have rattled. Then you get into, hey, there are people in that organization that think he could have played down the stretch, and I, I know that's debatable. That's allegedly whatever. But there, there's just so many things to think that Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, they got to be behind the sheen, scenes going, oh, my gosh, we've, we've built this team. We're kind of ready, and we can't kind of push ourselves over to the edge because of this one subject. And now we can't even talk about it because he's delicately following every word there. And that's where it just is. I feel for them. It's a tough spot. You know, I want Lamar to get his money. I do. Uh, but man, this is a tough thing on the organization for sure. Well, and we still don't know where to, and how to properly apportion blame on this because we don't know exactly what was offered to Lamar Jackson right. in August of 2022, and we don't know whether or not it's something that objectively would have been, should have been, could have been accepted by him. He and or people close to him have leaked specific pieces that make more reasonable his refusal. But those pieces, as we've said before, aren't enough to assess whether or not it's an offer he should have taken. Looking at the full guarantee at signing is just one piece of assessing the deal. The rolling guarantees, the amount that kicks in or would have kicked in in March of this year, how much more as a practical matter is he guaranteed on top of 133 if he signs it? And I keep coming back to the fact that at some point, just like Odell Beckham Jr., Lamar Jackson has to say yes in order to continue his career. He's got to say yes to a contract offer from another team. He's got to say yes to a contract offer from the Ravens. And if July 17 comes and goes without either thing happening, he's got to say yes to the terms of a one-year deal with the Ravens. And unless and until he does, 
He's not under contract, and the Ravens have to pivot elsewhere. And one thing they could do, and I think back to 2018, we didn't know they were thinking about Lamar Jackson. Right. And we reported at the time that the owner of the team, Steve Bishotti, when they were picking at number 16, I believe, was agitating for them to just put in the card with Lamar Jackson's name on it. They thought they could take someone else. They took Hayden Hurst, the tight end, in the middle of the round, and they came back in at the bottom of the round to get Lamar Jackson with the 32nd pick, and they were confident they'd be able to do it. Now, that's a risky move. It was. But they were confident that no one else was going to take Lamar Jackson before they yeah, could trade they back read in the board right. and get him. Right. And it worked. And it yeah. worked. And they were euphoric about it. And here we are five years later, not euphoric because they haven't been able to do it. So you mentioned the possibility that the Ravens could work the board this year to try to get Lamar Jackson's replacement. That's the other thing that could expedite the situation after the draft. They emerge with a first-round quarterback who becomes the guy either this year or next year. And wouldn't that be awkward if they would draft a rookie and still squat on Lamar's rights and not offer him anything more than $32.4 million and take the position, you play for us this year or you play for no one, and they'll just trade him after the season. After tagging him again in 2024, that's a possible outcome. So DaCosta was asked about the possibility of taking quarterback in round one. Since it didn't deal with Lamar Jackson – they answered that question. Here's what he had to say. It depends on the board, Jameson. It really does. I mean, I'd have to say yes because we have uh, quarterbacks in our top 31. So just based on that alone, simple math, I would have to say yes. I would say there's probably more than four guys that can, that can be significant quarterbacks in this league in this draft class. Um, you know, there's – Forget about where they might get picked. More than four, but I mean, you know, what am I going to say? Seven, eight, whatever it is. But the fact is that we think that you can get a quarterback in the first round, or the third round, or the fourth round who have a chance to develop. That doesn't really tip their hand. And he said thirty-one because there's only thirty-one picks this year in round one, thanks to the Miami Dolphins losing their first-round pick due to tampering with Sean Payton and Tom Brady last year. So you've got quarterbacks in your top thirty-one which also implies that maybe they'll trade down or trade back in top 31. They may use the 22nd pick and trade back into number 31 and take a quarterback there. Who knows? But it it doesn't wall off any potential avenues for the Ravens, and it doesn't tell us with any certainty what they're thinking about doing. I think it was a very obvious, reasonable answer. Talked his way around it, talked his way through it, and we'll find out. We'll find out if that's what they do with that pick that they hold in round one and whether or not they would swing back in like they did five years ago to get a quarterback. So it won't surprise me if they do. Not that they're a team that the light is flashing quarterback, 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 like the Panthers, like the Texans, like the Colts if they're in position, the Falcons possibly. It's just one of those, hmm, I don't know what the Ravens are going to do. Yeah, right. And – and, you know, we'll find out three weeks from tonight. Yeah, I mean, they right now only have, right, Anthony Brown under contract. Uh, Correct. Tyler Henry is a restricted free agent, if I remember that correctly, right? Yes. So I expect him to be back there and on the roster with all due accounts, right? You know, yeah, you talk about the draft and, you know, you know hell, middle rounds, whatever. Okay, great. I don't know. I mean, nobody cares about middle round quarterbacks right now. We don't think that's going to be the guy that comes in and takes, you know, Lamar Jackson's job or they go, hey, we got a guy in the fourth round. This is our new guy to take over the organization. I don't expect that to happen. 
You know, I, and I don't know if there's really that guy there. The down-the-line guys that I look at and go, wait, this guy I think can maybe be a starting quarterback in the NFL, and I think he definitely can be, but I don't know if everybody else is. This is a guy I've talked about is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You know, I mean, after that, there's a little bit of a cliff as far as guys that you think can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, the interesting thing, and I know we kind of talked about this a little bit at the NFL Combine, this was – before the Anthony Richardson hype had kind of blown up here and become what it is. But, you know, I know I was one, and I, I think you'd remember me saying this, is I, I did always thought, wait, wait, maybe, maybe the Ravens, they'll be sitting there and maybe they'll decide to go the Anthony Richardson route and go, hey, let's just do this all over again. Rookie quarterback contract, we'll do the quarterback design run stuff and develop them in the pass game and do all that. I mean, I, I did wonder if that was going to be an issue, if the Lamar Jackson thing felt like the contract was never going to get done or get done the, you know, the way he wants it. Uh, but now at that spot, you know, at 22, yeah, I, I, they, by all due accounts, are going to have to make a move. They're kind of sitting in no man's land there. I would expect all the big-time quarterbacks we've talked about for the most part to be gone by 22 other than the Dorian Thompson Robinson. And I don't think anybody views him as a first round pick. They kind of look at him as I think as a, a second rounder type of guy there. Right. So that's where it's going to be interesting too, Mike. And to your point, that's where I think they're going to have to make a move of some sort. If they want to get a starting caliber type of quarterback. I kicked around this idea and I've concluded it makes no sense because you have to get Lamar under contract, but, but, if Chris Ballard and Eric DaCosta work out something that would entail a trade of Lamar Jackson for the fourth overall pick if Anthony Richardson is there after the first three selections are made, which is a potentially pretty big if. And if the Colts have a tentative deal in place with Lamar Jackson, so all the buttons can be pressed all the triggers can be met to do this. The keys are in and both sides turn it. And I guess in theory, the Colts could take Anthony Richardson and then trade him to the Ravens for Lamar Jackson. We saw the Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers flip-flop after they were both selected by different teams. Would you do that if you were the Ravens? Would you essentially trade Lamar Jackson for Anthony Richardson operating on a five-year rookie contract that's going to entail far less of a financial investment than you'd have to make in Lamar Jackson. And I guess you have to look at it both ways. If you're the Colts, would you do that and take Lamar Jackson and pay him and give up Anthony Richardson? And if you're the Ravens, would you say, we'll start all over again with Anthony Richardson and move on from Lamar Jackson? Hmm. So I think I'm on the Colts. All right, just to answer that first, Mike, I, you know, and I guess you know, more times than not, sometimes I put myself in the head coach's uh, position. I think I'd want my own start, my own blank canvas there. I, I, and again, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a believer that I don't think the Colts are in the Super Bowl window right now. Like we talked about, I think the shelf life of that team is kind of gone and they got to kind of refurbish it or replenish it to a degree. And if I'm Shane Steichen, I just go, you know what? I'd like to start with my own guys instead of like a new guy that I've already been wired and I got to rewire him and we gotta, we've got we paid him all this money and now we got nothing to draft the next two years to kind of continue my plan. 
that's where I would go, eh, to the Colts. The Ravens, I'm the opposite of that. I'm going, eh, you, you, you know what this guy is. He's damn good. He's better than whoever you're going to draft or bring in. You know, you've gone through your lumps with this guy, and your team's ready right now. You know, your team is ready. You know, like, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm not sure the Ravens wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson healthy. They had that kind of team last year. They did. And, you know, we didn't get to see what they were really were at the end of the year because of his injury. So I guess that would be my assessment there, Mike. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to because the Ravens, I do think, are ready right now. And I wouldn't want to start with the young quarterback thing and deal with that. Um, I'd want to stay with Lamar and just go, come on, let's go. We've built this around you and we want to continue this and, and ride that wave. And I think that's the key thing to remember. We're talking about proven commodity versus lottery ticket right we don't know right which if any if any yeah chances are all of them could be great chances are none of them could be great go back to 2018 baker mayfield no good sam darnold no good josh allen winner josh rosen are you kidding me lamar jackson all the way at number 32 now look baker mayfield mixed bag and he's still got a chance to turn it around yeah you're right from the browns perspective that's not how we thought the first overall pick was going to go right for the jets at number three who traded up with the Colts to get to number three to get Darnold, obviously it didn't work. So that's a big factor to consider as well. It is the the reality that we have a guy who can play versus the possibility that we're drafting a guy who can't function as needed at this level. It's the Rams' mindset. It's F them picks. We'll take the guy who's proven and pay him over the guy that isn't proven who gets paid a lot less for four years, maybe five. So – calculated risk but I just can't help but wonder whether or not the Ravens would welcome it at this point knowing that they can't get a deal done with Lamar Jackson and again somebody's got to blink right at some point somebody's got to come off of their position and when you look at it just as a human dynamics perspective Lamar Jackson is more likely to come off of his position with a different team than he is with the Ravens because he's locked into the stare down with the Ravens. So if he backs away from whatever it is he's wanted from the Ravens, he appears to be caving. If he does that with another team that he has no history of negotiating with, if he takes the exact same deal from another team that he would refuse to take from the Ravens, it's not that same vibe. Yeah. He doesn't come off not as, as personalating if that makes any sense yeah. at all. No, I, I think it does. I, I think you're spot on with that. I do. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, uh, it, it, there's the mindset of, wait, I, I'm, you drafted me. I'm your guy. You know, you're supposed to pay me whatever I want. I understand that's what he's thinking. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, they are wanting to pay you whatever you want, you know, minus some details here that really are, are kind of arbitrary in a lot of ways as far as, you know, bottom line for him when all said and done. But I, I think you're right with that assessment. You know, another team is just, just, okay, yeah, hey, you're a new team. Let's go. Let's get this going on. Screw it. Screw that other team. I'm mad at them. They didn't give me what I want. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I don't. It's, it's, this is like, you know, this is the problem of this situation is that they've known each other for a while. Uh, you know, he probably expects more from them. They probably expect more from him. They probably both look at it a little like, hey, I've been so good to you and we've tried to do everything for you. And that's where it gets personal. And then you don't know what's said in the negotiation process that Lamar has to hear, too, that can make it more personal that you allude to all the time. So that's where it, it's, this whole thing is still crazy. 
I, I just still can't believe we're here. And uh, it's, yeah, Lamar, I, I, I'm hoping at some point he's going to blink because he's leaving money on the table, period. He's left money on the table the last few years like we've talked about. He should already have a new deal and stop worrying about having the greatest contract in the history of, uh, of National Football League. You're still going to have one of the best in the history of the National Football League, but he's looking for the best ever in the history of the league. And, and, and breaking down some rules that we've talked about with the guaranteed contract that you know the NFL, the owners, don't want to do. And one guy did it because they were so desperate and screwed up in such a way that they had to do it. And you know that's, that's where I, I just still can't believe we're here with this situation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I remember when Josh Allen did his contract in 2021 after three NFL seasons. Right. Same time Lamar Jackson was eligible for his second contract. I remember saying when we caught wind of the original Josh Allen contract that I want to see all the details. And once I see the details, I will know whether or not between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, one side or the other will be saying, let's take that deal and let's just scratch out Buffalo Bills, put in Ravens, scratch out Josh Allen, put in Lamar Jackson. And once I saw... The full terms of the deal, I said, this is easy. Lamar Jackson takes that contract into the Ravens and says, I'll have what he's having. Right. And we're done. And it's easy. Thank you, Bills and Josh Allen, for doing the job for me that I can get this deal without having to give 3%, 2%, 1% to an agent. I'll just tell them I want this contract. And what happened between that moment and the full impasse that arrived was the Deshaun Watson dynamics that we've talked about at length, that turned everything upside down, and that created this impasse. And and again, somebody has to blink at some point. The Ravens have to blink. Another team has to blink. Lamar Jackson has to blink. And it has been caught up to some extent in this broader back and forth, this labor management fight about guaranteed contracts. But still, at some point, and this applies to every player in the NFL, who has a contract offer at some point, you got to say yes. And it's easy to say yes to your rookie deal because there's nothing to negotiate. 
The only things to really negotiate are guarantee voids and cash flow of your signing bonus. That's it. Everything else is set. And especially if you're the 32nd pick in round one, there's nothing by then to negotiate. But your second contract, things get negotiated. Your second contract, at some point, it's incumbent on the player to know when to say yes. And the bottom line is Josh Allen has made $41 million more than Lamar Jackson over the last two years. That is never coming back. Right. When and you wait, he's going to get to the table again quicker. You know, that, like you've always talked about. That's right. Right? So it's going to be it's, more money. It's, it's more than what he's made the last few years. It's going to be – add that on to it too that's being left at the table. And that's – yes, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. And, yeah, you can't get it back. You know, like you talked about with Sean Payton sitting out this year and doing all that. He's going, damn, I mean, it might not be the right situation, but – Damn, I'm sitting out and losing $20 million just sitting out. Like, I could be making $20 million. And Lamar, I mean, how could you not see that and say that to yourself a little bit and go, man, I've, I've left some big money out there and I'm never going to get it back? It's one of the reasons why when the NFL implemented the rookie wage scale in t- 2011 to avoid the the situations where you have a Jamarcus Russell, you have a high round bust in round one, that gets a bunch of guaranteed money, Ryan Leaf, whoever, name your first-round bust, and it happens, and it's not always the player's fault. It can be the team's fault, too. But regardless, you got a bunch of, bunch of money that exits the system, so let's have a rookie wage scale that controls all that. That's what created an impetus for college players to leave early because it's not about coming to get the first contract. It's not about sticking around for one more year because maybe I'll be a first-rounder. Hey, let's get to the NFL now because I want to start the clock on my second contract. I want to get my three years in to get to my second contract because that's now the big prize. It's not your first contract. It's setting yourself up for contract number two. Now, right. of course, if you if you don't make it, you don't get second contract, but that created a factor that compelled guys to roll the dice because – it used to be, hey, if I stay one more year, I can make a lot more money because I go from being third rounder to guy who goes in top five, and they pay a ton of money to the guys in the top five, so I'll roll the dice on one more year in college. Right, and, of right. course, now things have changed because you stay in college for a year and make NIL money, which for some guys may be a lot more than what they would make in the NFL as a rookie. So that changes the dynamic, but that was a very real factor get to the NFL and get to where that second contract because those years don't come back. Get that second contract. Get back to the table. Get to the table as often as you can, as many times as you can. We praise guys that do short-term deals. Hey, good job. You get back to the table sooner. Hey, you did a three-year deal. Good for you, Jack. You get back to the table faster and you get another bite at the apple. You get another contract. And, and again, $41 million plus that Josh Allen has made over the last two seasons that I don't care what Lamar Jackson gets today. No one is going to pay him under this contract for anything that happened in 2021 or 2022, right. including the Ravens. They're not going to say, they're not going to say, hey, you know what, Lamar, in hindsight, you know, maybe we were being unreasonable last year. So what we're going to do is we're going to pay you a contract now that operates as if we had done the deal last year. Yeah, right. That gives you everything you would have made last year. And gives you all the additional guarantees it would have vested this year. We're just going to act like you did this deal last year. Okay? We'll just do that. No. No team is going to do that for any player in any sport. It's about today, not yesterday. It's looking forward, not looking backward. And and that is is one of the other complications here. Which which makes me think, if he ever is going to say yes to a long-term deal this year, it's going to be to another team. 
because I think that at the end of the day, he's going to want more from the Ravens than he's going to want from another team. I just think that that is where it's not a relevant point yet because there's no one who's, who's pursuing him. But if we get to that point, I think it's a real human factors element that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. I think you're right. There's something to be said. And, you know, the, I've been here with you. You drafted me. You know, look what I've done for your franchise to where, yeah, he expects more from them, from a group that he doesn't know. I, I don't disagree with you there. I think there's going to be that – or there's probably is that expectation and probably part of this like you've even discussed. Like it, it almost has the the bravado or, or a feel of like, hey, wait, I'm not even supposed to ask for this. You're just supposed to just like dump a truck of money at my – and I'm just supposed to go, yep, that's good. 240 guaranteed boom bam I don't I shouldn't even have to negotiate I mean that's almost what it seems like it is at at at, you know a certain level here um and it's just I believe that for a long time I know he doesn't want to negotiate right that he believes that someone should just show up and say you're the MVP in your second NFL season you're one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL here it is here's everything you want no negotiation necessary and I understand the logic. That's just not how it works. It, it, it's a very logical, reasonable, rational position. But at some point, you got to understand that's not how the NFL does business. That's not how it works. You no. negotiate. No. Even and if you think you shouldn't have to, you still negotiate. You negotiate, and, and it's not goodness, good business for the Ravens, and this is a guy that – plays a style of football that we've never really seen to this extent. It's more than Michael Vick or anything Randall Cunningham. They didn't have, like, quarterback design run plays for them, you know, 10, 12 times a game. So, you know, that's where, again, this gets not only do you got to deal with them in the contract, but he's unlike any other quarterback, and it's fair to question how long he'll last with the style of play. It's, it's fair, and especially after the last two seasons. And they're willing to guarantee him – a ton of money for the first three years. And then, you know, from all due accounts, it's just like, hey, just be still pretty good. And you know where he's going to get year four and five, and that's going to be big money too. But the Ravens don't want to just go, oh, here, here's five or six years guaranteed for a guy that hasn't played in December the last two years. And, man, you know, three, four years from now, what what is he – how many games is he going to play then? Like, I mean, come on, everybody. Don't, this is like – this is basic logic. This is where the people who are like, he deserves a guaranteed contract. I want to go, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. No, you don't. He does not. That would not – if you ran a team like that, you, it's, it's just not the right decision here. I understand them. It's the reason there's not – it's part of the reason there's not a great market out there like we've talked about. No team. Everybody's like, hey, you do the Lamar thing first. We're not sure how this is going to turn out. We don't want to be the guinea pig. That's the part of the problem here. And uh, that's where, you know, I don't know if Lamar will ever see the, the logic or the Ravens side in that conversation. It really has become a wedge issue between the NFL and the NFL Players Association, the collusion grievance that was filed fairly quietly last year by the union alleging that the teams are colluding as it relates to fully guaranteed contracts for certain quarterbacks, the union trying to make Lamar Jackson into the guy who unlocks fully guaranteed contracts for franchise-level quarterbacks, setting the stage for Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and on and on and on. The problem is, at a certain point, 
you don't want to be that guy. Just like Tua doesn't want to be the concussion guy. Yeah. I don't think Lamar Jackson should want to be the fully guaranteed contract fight guy because you have a lot of people slamming the door in your face because they don't want to give in on this specific quarterback right. because it becomes symbolic to the broader fight. And that well, is where the union, which yeah. has been helping Lamar Jackson, has hurt Lamar Jackson. Definitely. Definitely. By making him the focal point. Uh-oh. We lost them. Uh-oh. I don't know. There goes. It must have been the old power surge right there with Florio. Uh, but no, I want to I want to piggyback off of, of what he said. I can hear him. There he is. You there? He's he's kind of working it out. But here, Mike. I'm working it out. You said some good things. Good thing you're back. You looked a little weird digitally there for a minute. Uh, you looked really tired when that happened. Um, but Thanks. Uh, but, but here's the other thing, too, that I think gets mixed, mixed in this conversation. The guarantee, you said it right, the guarantee, all that. If you're a quarterback like some of the guys you've mentioned, right? Mahomes, Allen, whatever. The contract is guaranteed as long as you just don't play like shit, okay? As long as you just play good or above average, Josh Allen's going to see every penny of his contract, guaranteed. He's already played good enough in the early years of that, but they're going to go, well, we're just going to ride this out. In fact... I mean, come on, like we we're talking about. He could he could go back to the board right now and go, eh, I'm way better than Aaron Rodgers. You need to pay me more than that, right? I mean, that's what he could do right now, right? So that's where, you know, to the guaranteed contract thing for a big-time franchise quarterback like Lamar Jackson's a little overblown. Five years, $250 million, three years of it is guaranteed. Okay, if you just play pretty good for three years – you're going to see year four and five if you're a guy like Lamar Jackson. So, but they just want to protect themselves in case, oh, wait, it's another December or half the year of an injury in year three, and we're not sure we want to go to year four and give you the $50 million. I, and, and that would be the other part where I'd go, Lamar, you, you'll get it as long as you, know, you don't fall off the world here as far as your play and health is concerned. But. But, and this is where the NFL world has changed as it relates to quarterback contracts. Because I, I had discussion slash debate slash argument with someone about this over the weekend. It used to be Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they're getting every penny of their contract because they're not going to suddenly get to the point where they can't play. Pocket passers, not relying upon their mobility, reduced chance of injury. Pocket passers only going to get better as he gets deeper into his career as long as he's got his arms, or, or arm as the case may be. And we saw what happened with Peyton Manning. He eventually had the neck problem, and the Colts cut him. So it's not hard and fast rule that you're going to make every penny of a non-guaranteed contract, but quarterbacks are more likely to do it than others. It's rare that you rip up a franchise quarterback's contract. And really, would the Colts have done it if they weren't in a position to get Andrew Luck, or would they have stuck with Peyton Manning? I don't know. They wanted to do the handoff from Manning to Luck. That was one of the factors. And there was a My bad point, injury. Though, this, Chris. You know? Right, yeah. Right. With these mobile quarterbacks, and the best quarterbacks now are the quarterbacks who have the ability to run out of trouble, to turn chicken crap into chicken salad by coming up with a second play on the fly. Those are the ones you got to worry about. Those are the ones where you have to have a little protection for yourself if you're the team. Agreed. Because they could suffer an injury that causes them to fall off the cliff. And that's why it's imperative 
for Lamar Jackson to try to get the guarantees and for the Ravens to protect themselves so that they don't get three years in and they say, we want to tear this up and move on. I mean, look at, look at the Broncos and Russell Wilson. If they could get out of that contract right now, don't you think they would? But they can't without a major salary cap problem and they have guarantees that go into next year. So that's where the guarantee protects the quarterback who relies on mobility and wants to protect himself against the possibility that the team will have second thoughts sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I, I know. And in the perfect world, yeah, that's right. But this is the NFL, and that ain't the world that we operate in. And at some point, you might just have to go, you know what, $133 million or more than that, really, realistically, is pretty damn good. Let me move on. And it is more than $133 million. You know, like we talked about, it, that, that was the total, that was the guaranteed. It's not the practical guarantee. You know, and I know that's allegedly, but it seems to be pretty much the number everybody reports and talks about. So it makes me think the that it's allegedly. Right. Presumably a lot higher than 133. Exactly. 133 was a full guarantee at signing. The question is how much in injury guarantees would have become fully guaranteed the third day, fifth day, whatever, right. of the 2023 league. Exactly. They're not cutting him before that comes due. All right, exactly. we need to take a break. Yeah. But, but, but let's, again, a point we've made in the past, but it needs to be reiterated. The Ravens have proven that they can do fair deals with players who have agents, players who don't have agents. At some point, at some point, and we don't know what was offered, but at some point, Lamar Jackson has to say yes to somebody. And until he does, he's not going to be on the Ravens, and they better have a plan ready at quarterback for week one. They better hope their fans understand why Lamar Jackson isn't there when it's time to go try to win games in 2023. All right, we're going to take a break. Plenty more PFT Live still to come. We'll be back right after. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 